We are back with the Illenials podcast. We are uh, uh, recording a day late. We're a dollar short, but we're here uh, bringing you the podcast. I'm Smith. I'm Seth. And we're here to talk about, yeah. I don't know, all kinds of all shit. Right. Yeah, I, I got something to start us off with real quick. Okay, cool. I have a, an anecdote from my weekend, uh, I think. Might apply to some of our listeners out here as to something weird. So... Uh, over the weekend, I went to Atlanta, Georgia, um, very big city, you know, very popular. Um, and I was hanging, I was at a friend's house, uh, you know, having spending the weekend with them. And he he just got a new apartment, and his bathroom has this really big, nice mirror in it. But the thing is, it's so big that it it extends to just over the toilet. So I got to see an angle of myself that I have not seen in the twenty three years that I've been alive, of me pissing. Like, with my dick in my hand and everything. Mm-hmm. And it is not a flattering angle of a person. So you can see everything. Yeah, you can see Yeah, You can see your whole body while you were pissing. Is it, like, angled? No, it's just a flat mirror. Okay, but I mean, you can't far- see, like, your feet, obviously, but you can see okay. dick up. So. Wow. Is that on purpose? I mean, I don't, I don't think, I don't know if it's on purpose, actually, but. It's kind of odd. If I live there, I just shave that mirror off because, like, I don't, even, I don't even realize it. But when I'm, when I'm taking a piss, I just, I have this stupid look on my face, <laughs> and I'm just, I never would have known this. And I didn't want to know it. So stop doing that, people who build apartments. It's weird. It's upsetting. Do you think that like your pissing face is close to your O face? I think that uh, your pissing face is like lightning in a bottle. I think yeah. it is impossible for cameras to capture. I don't think anyone's ever taken a picture while they were pissing, and I feel like um, <laughs> and I feel like vampires uh, could be detected by mirrors when they're pissing, just so that they know how dumb it looks. Now, do vampires piss? That is, you know what? I was just about to, to posit that question. Do vampires piss? Mm-hmm. Here's what I know about vampires. Let me let me just see what you know. But here's what I know: okay. right, vampires. One, allergic to garlic. Mm-hmm. Two, allergic to sunlight. Okay. Three, allergic to not drinking blood. Four, also true. Four, allergic to, uh, I guess, having a tan as, uh, along with being in the sun. So, yeah. What else? Oh, they are allergic to not being invited into a house or entering one without being invited in. Uh, can't cross um, running water. Allergic to running water. Yes. Mm-hmm. I, um, uh, I guess, it, is, it, is it, no, the mummies are the ones that don't like cats. It's something. Yeah, mummies don't like cats. There's some kind of animal vampires can't deal with. Is it dogs? No, they're, they're cool with dogs. Isn't it funny? Oh, they're allergic to not turning into a bat sometimes. Uh-huh. Um, isn't it weird that we establish all these rules or these dumb mythical, or not really mythical, I guess they are mythical creatures. Do we just establish all these steer, weird rules for them? Oh, and they're also allergic to wood. Yeah, it reminds me of, of have you ever heard of the Kappa? Like the Twitch face? Uh... I, no, I don't know what that is. Okay, it's the most popular emote on tweet on Twitch Doc TV. But okay, is it like a weird blue goblin? No. Okay, well, in Japanese folklore, there's a thing called the Kappa, which is like a little blue goblin guy, mm-hmm. and he lives like they live in little ponds, and they reach out and they grab people who get too close to the ponds, and they pull them in right and drown them. And it's pretty easy to understand the function of this myth is to teach children not to go, to go too close to the water, right? Because you might fall in and drown. Yes. But 
There's another part of this myth, this myth where the Kappa has a, an indentation on top of his skull where he has to hold fresh water in, and if he ever loses the water from it, he'll die. So in all the myths, like a person has to trick the Kappa into bowing and therefore loses the water and it dies. And now here's the part of the myth that I don't understand. Okay. Like, what, what, what purpose does that part serve? Like you said, like, why are there all these weird rules that don't teach us yeah. anything? I mean, at some point, you know, you got, I guess you got to establish their powers and their boundaries, but, like, some things just go a little too far. Like, like what's the lesson with vampires not being able to be around garlic, you know? Uh, like, I'm pretty sure a garlic merchant came up with that one. Yeah, like, I understand that, you know, the, the whole sunlight thing makes sense because, you know, oh, they're creatures of the night. You got to watch out at the night. The blood sucking thing makes sense because that's their whole thing. But the garlic thing is just always been weird to me. But yeah, I guess I guess one day some plucky garlic merchant was like, you know what? I'm not selling a lot today, and I think I've got a fucking plan. And I think it worked out. I think that honestly, the reason the garlic sales are the way they are today is because of vampires. You know what? That probably explains why they're, they can't be seen in mirrors too. Some mirror salesman was like, hey, put these in your house. Check anybody out in them. If you can't see them, they're a vampire. Oh, by the way, you're dead. Hmm. Door yeah. salesman, same thing. Doors? You think door salesman, or just I think just houses in general. House salesman, sure, whatever yeah. they had. Real, I think that's called real estate. But yes, um, get a door, keep keep vampires out. So yeah, it was just like, hey, buy a house. They can't get in unless you let them in. You know. Mm-hmm. So and then I love how there's all these different representations of vampires, like Buffy the Vampire Slayer vampires and True Blood vampires are totally different. It's true. Um, I think about, it's about time we talk about True Blood on this show. <laughs> a show we have not finished, I don't think. We've a show tried. we watched six seasons of. We should most finish of it which at some point. are garbage. Oh, yeah, totally. Fun as hell to watch sometimes, but pretty much garbage television. And we still have never watched the last season. We'll have to do that someday. Now, here's a question. Yes. How come in Blade, all of a sudden, vampires are weak to silver? That's a werewolf's thing. Yeah, because that's a werewolf thing. Also, why are werewolves weak to silver? Yes, what silver is that salesman. Silver salesman. I think I think we have debunked all these weird things. It's just that back then people had to sell things. You know, you had to sell, and back then, back then it was a buyer's market. So you had, to, you had to find a way to make yourself the most attractive person on the block. Find a way to sell all this useless junk that no one needs, like garlic. Yeah. Oh, but here's the thing: you talking about weird, weird vampires? Um, how about I think it's the Indonesian vampire. Which is just the head and, and inner organs of a woman that can fly through the air to seek out babies and drink their blood. Why is there not a movie made about these guys yet? I know, right? That would rule. Why isn't that what Twilight was about? I would have read those books. <laughs> Does somebody fall in love with a flying head digestive system? Yeah, I'd love that. Imagine that trailer. Just the trailer. You don't need a movie. <laughs> just imagine the trailer. It's so sexy. Man, trailers are giving away the whole movie these days. Are you sure? Yes. Not for, like, good movies, have, like, good trailers, but, Mm -hmm. like, remember, remember we went and saw Star Wars The Last Jedi, which, by the way, we have a bonus episode about here and checked out, uh, go uh, hear our opinions on The Last Jedi, but before The Last Jedi, there was this trailer for the the one movie that really didn't fit into the whole thing was this volleyball movie called The Perfect Season, or Mm -hmm. something like that. Um, and I don't think... Like, the whole, the whole trailer, I don't think there's anything I didn't learn about the movie. Uh, there's a volleyball team who's really good. The captain of the volleyball team dies. Other girl has to take over. 
and then they have a winning season. What else could this movie offer me that I need to know besides that? I honestly, I I don't know, and I would like to know how they got their preview before the last Jedi. Yeah. And then before Avengers, I saw this trailer twice. I saw I went and saw Black Panther a second time, and then I went and saw the new Avengers. And before that, there's this movie, uh, like Shailene Woodley and some dude are on a boat, um, and they get caught up in a storm. And by the end of it, you pretty much realize they're going to make it back to land. But mm-hmm. there's not, there's no stakes or anything. You pretty much see, you see their whole relationship, their whole time on the boat, and then they basically get back. So it's like, I don't, I don't understand what anyone, how that motivates anyone to go see that movie. Yeah, it sounds like based on a true story, which usually means they're going to make it out alive. Yeah, and then mo- obviously most movies these days people don't die anyway. You know, especially on like romantic movies. Uh huh. So I don't know. Now, man. The- we the need dude trailer could die. The dude Let's could be honest die. here. He could die. He he might be. He might not make it out. But yeah. but definitely, Shailene Woodley's making it out to that movie alive. Yeah, exactly. But actually, talking about uh, trailers and stuff, you know, that some people have noticed that things like uh, like we went and saw we went and saw Infinity War. You know, not yes. together, but we saw it. Yes. And that trailer, those trailers were deceptively cut. Yes, and they were. We will not say why, but there were things that were outright outright not included or parts where visual effects were deliberately changed to mess that mess with you people there, there have been people who have had to have passed out and ambulances have been called in movie theaters because of the ending of marvel's avengers infinity war that is true people is in true. my theater were crying people in yours were booing it's true they were booing it was we'll, we'll have the best experience it. ever. We'll do. We'll have a. We'll have an episode about it. But it was the most amazing experience of my whole life. Oh, for sure. By the way, I want us to take this time, use our platform for our podcast to pitch my idea for the greatest movie trick ever done. Okay. Yes. It is where we take we make a movie, mm-hmm. and it is it is a. Okay, we, first of all, we make the trailer for it, right? Mm-hmm. And the trailer has the same actors that are going to be in the actual movie. But the trailer mm-hmm. is for a rom-com. And okay. we shoot a bunch of scenes, like a rom-com, and it all looks like your standard, I don't know, love actually kind of bullshit, right? Mm-hmm. But what we actually shoot is a hardcore horror film. Just get in there, get that R rating. I'm, I want to have to go back and cut it like three times to not get NC-17. Yeah. I want to terrify people. It really would be in- hard because a lot of horror movies have that structure of, oh, things are really nice and yeah. good things are going to keep happening and then bad things happen. So you could just cut the parts of the movie where the good things are happening into the trailer and then leave the rest as a, a pleasant little surprise for your viewers. Like you could you could cut the Get Out movie into same like a romantic comedy, couldn't you? You really could. There's a, there's probably enough scenes to make like a two minute trailer for a romantic comedy and Get Out. Dude, it's a romantic comedy and it's about it's it's about racial tensions or whatever or like well meaning liberal parents trying yeah. to hey, to I, be. I would have voted for Obama a third time. <laughs> you Laugh know. track. Cut it. And, exactly. But my movie, however, will be a non-stop slamma-jamma fucking horror film. And I just would want to see what the reaction would be in, in the theaters. Yes, I agree. You know what I think would be the... I mean, this is my pitch for the best trick you can pull in a movie ever. Mm-hmm. All right. What you do is you, you take a property that people liked from a long time ago. Let's say something random that I'm not picking out specifically like Transformers. You know, people love it. Okay. And then you make a bunch of big budget movies about it, and they all suck, but you still make a lot of money. Mm-hmm. 
I think that will work out pretty well. <laughs> uh, and you think yeah. it's, it's not restricted to just, you know, like I said, Transformers. You could also do it with something like, uh, I don't know, what, what's something random I can pull out right now? Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, you know? Mm-hmm. You could do it with something like that. And, you know, just like a a rebooting, kind of, you know, of a, of a series, of a, a prized franchise. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just make a bunch of shitty ass movies and make you know tens of trillions of dollars off of them or you could like you could like bring back uh, a tv show that no one has ever heard of in 20 years uh something like lost in space mm-hmm. and make this a really big budget for no fucking reason uh show and put it on like netflix or something i don't yeah, know and it'll also and just be see what really happened. bad it's and just great. like no one's thought about it since they made a remake of it in 1999 starring fucking Joey from Friends. And just, like, make that into a show and see what happens. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't see why any of these plans shouldn't go into place. Or we can, or what we should do is we should, like, revive a beloved franchise everyone does remember. Like, Lethal Weapon, but make it a TV show and it's really bad. Yeah, make it a TV show with less likable characters. And be sure that the the mate the guy who plays uh who plays Murtaugh is just really fucking unlikable and a toxic person on yeah. set so much that they're gonna cancel the show in the third season because of him. Ooh, or recast or, him. Or you could bring back MacGyver and mm-hmm. you could have a scene where they're trying to get into somebody's hard drive, so MacGyver throws it on the ground and says, There, we're in. <laughs> and that works. Okay. I have, to, I have to, to tell a personal anecdote here real quick. Please. When I was a child, I saw a movie, a live-action movie now, called The Giver. Do you remember this? The Giver, yes. Remember this? It was, it was a Japanese movie mm-hmm. about a guy, but it was, it was American actors now. It was based on an anime where a dude gets this weird, like, biomechanical suit, and he can, he can like, I don't know, kill aliens or something. I don't know. Mark Hamill is in it. And in one scene, Mark Hamill transforms into a giant bug monster in what was a very scarring experience for me as a child to see my my hero, Luke Skywalker, turn into a cockroach was very weird. But then I saw the show MacGyver, and I thought there was some link between The Giver and MacGyver. Yeah, I agree. Maybe I there is. I can never shake that. Maybe there's oh, a hidden it? link. Oh, yeah? I don't know. I, don't, I haven't fucking seen The Giver ever. So I don't, I don't know. And I've, very, I've seen like one episode of the original MacGyver. The most MacGyver knowledge I have is from McGruber. So, yeah. My question is, why don't they go ahead and just bite the fucking bullet and remake the A-Team and MacGyver at the same time, put them in the same movie? And they did They did do that A-Team remake that no one remembers. I remember it. I went and saw it in theaters. Yes, I mean, I did, I did too, you know, I was, you know, right next to you. Because it had Charlotte Copley in it, and he was in yeah. District 9. Who was it? It was Bradley Cooper, Charlotte Copley, Copley, Kimbo Slice? Yeah. And I, don't know, it was, I thought it was Rampage Jackson. Oh, it was Rampage Jackson, yes, yes. And Liam Neeson's. And Liam Neeson's, yes. And, yeah, that was the, okay, yeah, I remember that fucking movie now. Yeah. I remember, like, thinking it was kind of cool back then, but, you know, I used to be dumb. But also just, like, dumb movies sometimes. Nothing wrong with that. That's true. I mean, Bad Boys 2, great film ever made. Bad Boys 2 is a film that was made, yes. I can't, you know what, now I think about it, I can't remember a single scene from the A-Team remake, except for a scene where Bradley Cooper basically, like, sexually harasses his former commanding officer, who was played by, I think, Jessica Biel. I remember there's a scene where they, like, fake somebody's suicide using, like, ketchup packets and, like, a concrete helmet or something. Mm Mm-hmm. 
but I don't remember any of the specifics or anything else. Me neither, man. Also, remember that movie, The Losers? I was just about to mention how The Losers was supposed to be kind of like an A-team movie, but with a girl. You know, there's like one girl on the team. We have a girl, guys. That's our big thing. That's how you see us and not the A-team. Exactly. And hey, maybe it worked. I don't know. Who played the girl? Zoe Saldana. Oh, yeah. Okay. That was actually one of the first times I think I ever saw her in a movie. And didn't it have... uh... Oh, who's that handsome guy everybody likes from TV? Mm, yes. Yeah, it's I'm, not John Hamm. It's the other guy. There's so another he's one? The, on The Walking Dead right now, playing the guy Negan. What's his name? Fuck. Oh, uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Jeffrey Dean Morgan. That's him. Yeah, I remember that fucking movie Speaking now. Speaking of Jeffrey of. Dean Morgan. Okay. Oh, man, I'm, this is a great transition. I, I just want to say, anyone out there who is on the fence about seeing the movie Rampage in theaters, see it for Jeffrey Dean Morgan. That man chews up so much scenery and is just one of the most amazing things I've seen in a movie this year. So, Oh, so you went and saw it? Yeah, I loved it. Rampage was awesome. Want to give us a little mini overview of the movie or, or what you thought about it? Yeah, I, I mean, I thought it was really fun. I mean, once again, it's a dumb movie. You know, if you look at its reviews, they're going to say it's, you know, it's kind of shitty because, yeah, it's a movie about fucking giant gorilla, giant fucking wolf, and giant alligator taking over a city. Who cares? It doesn't matter. The Rock's in it. It's fun. Jeffrey Dean Morgan puts on a great performance. Malin Ackerman plays one of the villains. The other villain... The other villain... Okay, this is one thing about this movie. The other villain is played by an actor that I know, but I don't think anyone else in the world knows. And I don't know how he got this role. You might or you might slightly remember him. I don't know if you remember. In season 9 of The Office, the very final season, they get the two new employees, uh, Pete, or, uh, Plop and... Uh, Duke or whatever, yeah. Clark, um, the guy who plays Plop, plays the other villain in that movie. Wait, Duke Clark? No, not Duke, not that one. That's Clark on the show. The other guy's oh, okay. Plop. The tall, he's kind of a tall guy with like a like a square head. Oh, the he, like the gym, the net gym that never was. Yeah, he's the one who like ends up getting with Aaron instead of Andy in the end of the show. Uh huh. Yeah, he plays the other villain. What in the world? Yes, I don't know how he got this role. I mean, I kind of like it. He's actually pretty funny in the movie. I actually really, I kind of like his performance, but I just, you don't see that guy in anything. I've seen him in The Office and this one indie film that I've watched, and I just, I've never seen anything else. Huh. Well, I mean, you know, weird, weird roles all the time. Like, I remember when Matthew Lillard played a villain in uh, Name of the King or whatever? Remember when Matthew Lillard was a person? Remember when he played Shaggy in that those weird Scooby Doo movies we made back remember in like the when, early aughts? When there was a Scooby Doo movie that had uh, Freddie Prince Jr., Sarah Michelle Gellar, Matthew Lillard, and uh, Linda Cardellini, wasn't it? Or no, Linda Cardellini. Right. Really? When that was a thing? Wow! And there were they two, made two of, of them? those sons of bitches. And the second one has the shortest review ever written by Leonard Malton, which said, "It is what it is." <laughs> That was his whole review for Scooby-Doo 2 Monsters Unleashed, a movie that I can probably recite word for word. Is is the first one the one where Scrappy-Doo is actually the villain? Yes. Oh my god. And that movie is I, fantastic, and so is the second one. Fight me. I remember this one Scooby-Doo movie. It was an animated one, actually, from the 90s or early aughts. Remember the one with like the zombies in it in like, Louisiana? Yes. Like It was one of those movies where it was like weird because the monsters were real? And, yeah. like, you're like, wait, what? I thought the whole point of Scooby-Doo was the monsters weren't real. 
Well, they are. And I, there's this one line that is that is buried in my brain for some reason, and I will never, I'll never know why. And like, I guess I see a zombie or something crazy happens, and they're trying to get the uh, the, the guy who's driving this bar, this ferry they're on, to turn around, and he goes, uh, "This thing don't turn on no dime." And I don't know why, but I just, I'll never forget it. You know, it was one of the best like things you see when you're young and don't get it till you're older. What's that? And remember a pup named Scooby Doo, the mm-hmm. the show where they're all kids or whatever. There was this, there's this great joke that runs for the whole show that I didn't even get to later in life. Is that there's a character named Red Herring, and they, <laughs> and they always think that he did it, but he never did. Yep, that's true. And then you realize later in life that that's just like one of the funniest jokes you can possibly do. Now, please read my 5,000-word essay on how the character of Red Herring from Pup Named Scooby-Doo presaged the character of House and the show House's obsession with lupus. Mm. Oh, I always thought he was obsessed with real estate. <laughs> hmm. Oh, it was pain pills. Hmm. It was like a season of House where House is in jail. And I'm like, yeah. what is this show? Why is this real? Who did this? They were out take, of ideas. It, take it back. Now. I mean, I mean, dude, I don't know. You know what, though? I do actually have a real, like, thesis that I want to write at some point about two movies from the 90s. Uh, the Addams Family reboot... And uh, the uh, Brady Bunch 2, the, Brady the sequel Bunch to the reboot. Sequel. Yes. Because they both involve the exact same plot, which is an old person, or like, a, 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 like it's Uncle, it's Uncle uh, uh, Fenster in Adam's family, and then like the lady from Brady Bunch is her old ex-husband or something comes back, and yeah. they're both the exact same plot. They are trying to swindle the family out of their money and property to build like a mall or some shit. And they have the exact same plot to them, and I can't figure out why this is a thing in the 90s. I gotta find more movies that have the exact same plot going Man, on. Man, the Brady Bunch 2 also has, like, a bunch of incest vibes, mm-hmm. and it is wild. I watched that movie one day on, like, IFC, I think, and me, I was watching it with a friend, and we were like, this movie's really fucking weird. Why is this real? That's true. Remember that movie, Cheer About the Dozen? Yeah, it had, like, Steve Martin and Tom Marsden in it. The guy who plays Superman was in it, in the old Smallville TV show. Oh, yeah. And him and his sister had a very strange sexual chemistry going on. Yes. I remember that when I was a kid. I watched it when I was a kid, and even I was kind of like, oh, I've always thought they were brother and sister. I guess there's something else. No, they were. They were brother and sister. Absolutely. It's kind of like the same thing with the the opposite of how we felt about Valerian, where you're like, oh, these are brother and sister, right? And then it's like, no, they are not. They both look very, I don't know, weirdly European. Yeah, I agree. That was my takeaway of it, anyways. Yeah, we talk a lot about weird movies. We have. We could talk. We could. We could talk about Valerian for a while, but I'd rather not. That's true. Valerian. Yeah, we'll leave that one in the past. Yeah. Unfortunately, because it was such a beautiful movie, but everything else was terrible about it. Um. But yeah. So, what's been going on, like in our actual realm of? thought our like politics like it's been a crazy week uh for me outside of that so i haven't had much time to like keep up with stuff yeah we've got there's two there's two things we could talk about both of which involve similar people i guess and are Mm -hmm. a little different we've got the kanye west conundrum oh and we've got the meek mill uh redemption i guess you could call it 
Let's start with the bad, or I guess the 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 weird, I guess, which is Kanye West. Then we can go into the the good of Meek Mill. How's that sound? Yeah, sounds good. So for anyone who doesn't know, uh, this past week Kanye West reactivated his Twitter, and for one day was the savior of all music because he announced that he was going to have an album this year. Him and Kid Cudi were going to have an album this year. Pusha T was going to have an album this year. And then Nas is going to have an album this year. When then That's when people lost their minds and were like, holy crap, all this is being done and it's all being produced by Kanye, so you know it's going to be fucking good. And we were like, man, what a fucking time to be alive. Yes. And then the next day happened. And uh, it turns out that uh, Kanye West, while he hasn't gone into any specifics about his political beliefs, has said that he admires uh, President Donald Trump. Um, I, I guess for being a controversial subject, because um, he himself has always been a controversial subject, and uh, hasn't gone over well, I'd say, with a lot of people. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I'd say that people aren't taking it too well, mostly. I mean, and it wasn't even Donald Trump, it was people like Candace Owens from Turning Point USA, and uh, and like uh, Jordan fucking Peterson and Ben Shapiro. It was very weird. Yeah, and I mean, I don't know. I've listened. I've listened to Kanye for a long time. He's my favorite musical artist, hands down. Uh, nobody besides Jay Z even comes close in that realm. So it is weird for me. Um, I mean, I know. I know that Kanye West is an enigma a lot of the times. Um, but one one thing I always hold out hope with is I've heard I've heard what old Kanye said. I've heard what he thought. You know, he's the guy who was brave enough to get on TV, on live TV, and say that you know George Bush doesn't care about black people. Um, he's always he's talked about uh, you know problems with the structure of our society, problems with race in our society, and I th- I know he's a smart guy. I know he's a smart guy. There's no way you can make the music he makes and not be smart. But he's definitely he's he's I guess he's going through. He I hope he's going through a phase. I hope he is. I mean, I believe what everyone says, and I kind of concur, is that he's having kind of a mental breakdown uh, still uh, because of, like, I don't know, Kanye's always been a little bit off of his rocker uh, yeah. somewhat. Especially ever and, since his mom died. He's been yeah. really, And really probably unbridled fame and vast amounts of wealth have allowed him to insulate himself from any kind of help he could receive for this, for this problem. And having the incredibly huge public... Uh, a space of Twitter to advertise his his illness on is yeah. not helping. Yeah, and the, I mean, there's also been other stuff coming out about it. Like I know that uh, Chance the Rapper like went and like apparently hung out with Kanye, and he was like, "Yeah, Kanye is not really that different of a person. He's definitely not, you know, he's not being portrayed perfectly right now in the media." So, and then uh, Ti as well said that he talked to Kanye for a while, and that their conversation really, uh, uh, I think he said it was like, really influential. I like, really got some stuff moving in Kanye's head. So I guess maybe his friends were trying to reach out to him and see if he's okay and see if you know if he actually believes all the stuff he's saying. So that's good. Well, it's, it's easy to see why Kanye said the things he said about Trump anyways, because he sees him as a controversial figure, like you said, like himself, who is in turn, you know, loved by some and hated by many uh, for various reasons. You, I can see how he could empathize, or, or, or not empathize, maybe like see a piece of himself in Trump. And yeah. unlike most people, he has a huge platform to broadcast that from, and also the ability to say whatever he wants without fear of any kind of, I don't know, uh, uh, discrim- not discrimination, uh, recrimination, I suppose. I mean, is this really going to hurt his album sales? I mean, I don't think so. We'll see. 
But the, the best could. part about this whole scenario to me is that I feel like there's a, a weird amount of reconciliation happening in some people's heads. Because a lot of people who hate Kanye West and pretty much just rap in general are like they're Republicans and Trump fans. And now they have, they're, they have to decide if they agree with this guy and they're going to say they like him or not. And I've already heard some people, like, I know Ben Shapiro and like even like just, I've seen people like posting pictures from their like Republican aunts on Facebook who are like, oh yeah, I really like Kanye West. He's, he's, yeah, he's a cool guy. I've always liked his music. And I'm like, no, you didn't. You couldn't, no. you couldn't name me a Kanye album right now. You couldn't do it. But my, I, I am constantly pleased with the fact that there's probably some chuds out there who are trying to make their way through Life of Pablo or Yeezus with no prior knowledge of Kanye West and just being bewildered. Yeah. They listen in the college dropout where he talks about, you know, racism and classism. And they're like, yep, this is, this is what I want. This is my music. Would well, you see that yesterday, I think it was, he tweeted out a picture of Emma Gonzalez and said that she was his hero. Wow. So now all the chuds are like, fuck Kanye, he's terrible again. Yeah, and then today he was like, he announced that he was gonna, his next album cover was gonna be the the face of the doctor who botched his mom's surgery. Mm-hmm. And is the re- basically one of the reasons she's dead. Um, and then, very unsurprisingly, this doctor came out and said that he wouldn't appreciate that. Um, so Kanye has actually changed his mind and said he won't use, you know, the guy's likeness for the cover. But yeah. that's just that's just wild. So yeah, it's there's a lot going on. I still I still have to hold out some hope that Kanye isn't some crazy alt right person because I just don't feel like that could possibly be true. Um, so we're gonna have to let some things develop. So I wish for the best for Kanye, and I hope this doesn't go too far because it would be really really bad for personally for me to lose somebody who's uh been very important to my musical taste pretty much shaped my entire musical taste uh past the year of like 2010 so i want to take a second here to call out uh the founder of twitter at jack uh for apparently there was a twitter post or something where it identified the people that uh, kanye was talking about as far right and one of those people was candace owens who we talked about uh, yes uh, uh, like a token black person who works for uh, turning point usa and she appealed this. She was like, hey, I'm not far right. You know, I'm, I'm regular Republican or whatever. And Jack personally apologized to her. And Jack, my man, that was the most blatant-ass, horny tweet I have ever seen in my life. What okay, you are. He just did nothing. He just said, I apologize for, to her. Out of all who, only people who had a problem with this, all of them complained about being called far right, but only she got an apology. So mm. I'm like... Dude, come on! Don't even, don't even front. We know why you're fucking apologizing to her and of nobody else. So come on, Jack, keep it in your pants. Yeah, that's uh, that's something else. Also, this uh, the when Kanye tweeted his thing about Trump, Trump obviously replied and was like, "Thanks, Kanye. You know, you're cool." And that has actually become a pretty good meme. People have been replacing the Kanye West tweet with something <laughs> like really dumb. Like it was like a drawing of Kanye and. Uh, Donald Trump holding hands like a stick figures, and it was like, oh yeah, Kanye, I really appreciate this. Yeah. So people have been uh, people have been having fun with that one. So you know, there's there's some good memes out there for this. There's good memes. Yeah. So Seth, you're more familiar with it. Tell me about Meek Mill. All right. So Meek Mill is a rapper from Philadelphia. Um, he's been making music for you know ten years now. Been he got really popular about five or six years ago. Um, and he was, in 2008, I believe it was, he was arrested on a, a drug and gun charge, and he was let out on probation. 
And then, so this past year, he was found, uh, he was, like, popping wheelies on a dirt bike in the middle of the road, and he got arrested, and it was in violation of his probation. So he got put back, he got, you know, he got a case against him, and he got put in jail and all this stuff. And it was a really dumb scenario, one, because probation law in America is not perfect, I'd say. Um, it's, it's really weird. And then also, the cop who arrested him, it turned out, was famously one of those racist cops there is. Um, he, he, had, he had had so many uh, cases against him for just being an awful person. Not only is just racism, just being like an asshole to all people he's ever arrested. And then... Dude, hold on. Can you imagine being the most racist cop? Yeah. That's like being, that's like being the hottest fire. Like, yes. come on, too. <laughs> it's like regular cops are like a furnace and you're like fucking Rigel 4 or some shit. You're like yeah. literally white burning hot pile of racism. Yeah. That's crazy to me, but please continue. So yeah, he's he's very racist and, you know, he's... I mean, the guy's popping a wheelie on a dirt bike. You know, it's not a big fucking deal. So that happened. And then Meek Mill went through several different judges and prosecutions because of wild things that kept happening. Like, I know one guy was literally overheard. He was recorded saying to somebody else in the court that if Meek Mill were to sign his cousin to a record label, he would let him go for free, which is just crazy. And then several others who just, you know, basically said stuff like, oh, I don't care how popular he is. I'm putting this guy in jail no matter what. And, you know, just just very biased people who were, you know, being very mean to Meek Mill um, for no reason. And then after a while, the case went on for about a year. He'd been in jail. Um, and when the, when the verdict was passed down that he was going to spend more time in jail, uh, Jay-Z got involved. And this was, a, this was a really big turning point, actually. Jay-Z wrote an op-ed piece to the New York Times, which is, you know, a pretty important paper in America. Um, and he wrote about how, you know, the system isn't fair, and Meek Mill is literally a famous example of how people are being treated unfairly by the justice system. And this past week, in what had to be the best day for to be a person named Meek Mill in America, he was... He was freed, and his probation charges were taken away. And then, as soon as he got out of prison, he went to uh, the Philadelphia 76ers game when they were playing the Miami Heat in a game five. Or, yeah, game five. And he got to ring the bell to open out the game, and then the 76ers won and reached, like, the second round of the playoffs since 2012. And it just had to be the craziest day ever. And he, like, hung out with, like, Kevin Hart and, like, all these other people in the front row and had a great time. Um... So it's, it's actually a good example of, you know, something good happening to somebody who was treated uh, unfairly in our society. And ha- hasn't he said now he's going to devote a lot of his time now to helping out people who are in jail unfairly? Yeah, because he said he actually talked to us in interviews afterwards. He said that, you know, he knows, he knows that the only reason he got out and that he's so fortunate is because he's famous and he has this money. He has these fans and he has these friends who are very popular and famous and he knows he has people behind his back who can really help him, and he has the monetary value. But some people don't have that, and they're being treated just as badly as he was. And his case was his case was was only special because he's a rapper. That's just how it is. And he knows that, and he wants that to not be a thing anymore. And he wants to help out other people who have been disadvantaged. So we have a situation where a person who has has privilege in this, in this sense, probably wealth and fame, 
wants to leverage that to help other people, which is rare. Yes. Okay. Well, that's good. I mean, I'm I'm happy to hear he wants to help out other people. That's that's like I said, that's rare and it's nice to hear. Yeah. So you know, good good job, me. Good job, everybody involved. Um, I'm glad to see some justice. You know. Do you know if, because I know that Larry Krasner, the new DA of Philadelphia, um, called for Meek Mill's release. He said it was unfair he was in prison. Yes. I wonder if he had anything to do with this, or did you hear his name be brought up at all? I don't hear his name a lot. I mean, I honestly haven't read much into the actual legal side of what happened um, with his release, because, you know, I, I stay on the internet, so it was just posts in all caps saying Meek Mill is free, Meek Mill is free, so... I've been trying to been trying to learn a bit more about the case, but I'm I'm sure that had to have played a hand in it. I mean, how could it not? Hey, we need more DAs like uh, like Krasner getting people out of jail and keeping people being arrested in the first place. Yeah, if you ask me. Do you think that on a porn set, DA stands for Dick Assistant? <laughs> Do you think DP stands for Double Penetration? Yes. In fact, <laughs> in fact, I have I've watched movies my whole life. We've talked about it. I'm a big movie fan. I actually learned DP is double penetration before director of photography. <laughs> what the what the shit? How? Yes, I beats me, man. I'm, I was I was a teenager in America, you know. It happened. I was I remember because I knew director of photography was a thing, but I never knew it was shortened to DP. And I learned mm-hmm. what double penetration was. And then one day I'm watching I'm watching the commentary for um, Scott Pilgrim versus the World, and Edgar Wright is just like, "Oh yeah, our DP Bill Hope." And I was like, "Wait, what? What happened?" DP, and then I had to look it up, and I was like, "Oh, I probably should have learned that first. Uh, so you know, crazy times. Now you see, when we were on the playground as kids, we were we we thought the double penetration meant that you went through the vagina and the cervix. You taught about this on the playground as kids. Yeah, dude. I I didn't learn about DP until I was in high school. I mean, this was like I guess technically like middle school, but still. Okay, We'd be out there fucking trying to scratch diagrams in the dirt to figure out what sex was, and no one knew. It's just like my uncle's cousin told me this. Yeah, and there's that one guy who's like, "Yeah, I've had sex with like a hundred girls." Oh, and it's yeah, like it's sure. like who point them out, and he's like, "Yeah, hey, go to another school." And that kid now, Alex Jones. Yes, had a had sex with a hundred women before he was sixteen. No, a hundred and fifty. So hundred and fifty right. women before he was sixteen. Perfect gentleman, but had a six hundred fifty women before he was sixteen. Yes, looking like he does, acting oh, like yeah. he does. Uh, yeah, I, I, Alex Jones for sure a looker. Definitely pulling down lots of a uh, uh, lots of ass. Yeah, shout, uh, out, shout out to my boy Alex Jones. Yeah, he's having a tough time right now, but it's okay, Alex. We we, we believe in yeah. you. You'll get past you'll, you'll it. You'll beat it. You'll beat this. Um, I do want to talk about real quick about movies. One more for one more second. Yeah, let's do it. I want to talk about an important film to me as a child. Mm -hmm. It remains an important film, I think, uh, to me and to you in a way. Fern Gully. Fern Gully. No. Okay. It was called, it was a, it was a, uh, a Denzel Washington vehicle called John Q. Yes. I've seen that movie like eight times. It was always on TV. Yes. And then our parents like owned it on DVD. It was like one of the first DVDs we ever bought. We like watched John Q a hundred times. It was crazy. And for those of you who haven't seen John Q out there... Who has all, seen that movie? Go see John Q it's in great. theaters. Yeah, it's great, honestly. 
It is. It's about a guy who he learns that his son has. Uh, he, Denzel Washington plays the guy, obviously, um, who his son has like an enlarged heart or something like that, a condition that can't yeah. be treated. He's got to get a new heart. And they're like, oh, well, he's real far down on the transplant list. He'll probably won't get one. His son's in bad health. So Denzel Washington goes to the hospital and holds that motherfucker hostage. Yep. Um, and during the time, he, like, actually bonds with the people he's holding hostage and, like, learns why they're there. And he gets them their treatments um, while holding them hostage and stuff. And they kind of become his allies. And in the end, you know, his son, he, he manages to, like, get the heart for his son and he goes to jail for it. Yeah. And... I thought this was a very important film at the time because it kind of like it was like 2002 or some shit, and it was like, hey, the healthcare is fucked up. Yeah, it's, it's, it's went, actually a pretty interesting movie. Like thinking back on it, it's not, it is a movie. It's a movie I weirdly think about quite a lot because like, yeah. it's just one of those movies that I mean I've seen it a lot and I don't ever hear anyone talking about it, but it's very right. good. And the reason for that is I went and looked at the reviews for it. Yes, it has a 23 percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Really. And the big complaint is that it's too preachy, and it beats you over the head with its message too much. Mm. Mm. I wonder what the people would review about the Bible. Well, not or, even that. It's or like how they would review that. It's like maybe it didn't do it well enough. Yeah. Right. Because I, I saw the movie when I was a kid, and I was angry that you had to pay for medicine back then. I was like, "Why well, we gotta pay for stuff?" Yeah, and if that wasn't room enough one of the most critically acclaimed television shows of all time is about a person who on a teacher's salary can't afford cancer medication so decides to become a high profile drug dealer that's true that is true and it's just like people are like this show's so good this guy does all this crazy stuff and it's like yeah you know why you know why it's a problem <laughs> because it's, it's fucking real shit if he didn't have to pay for cancer medicine he would have to do all that stuff that's true but Seth hold on wait a minute now Think about it this way: If, if healthcare wasn't so bad, Breaking Bad would happen. If we didn't, if we didn't, ha- if we had socialized medicine in America, Breaking Bad wouldn't even be a show, and we'd all be denied the brilliance of that television program. And you know what? I guess it's worth it. <laughs> I guess having Breaking Bad is worth everything else. I'm sure there's some, like, old Greek philosopher with a name that you can't pronounce, like Xenophon or some shit, who once said that great suffering creates great art or some shit like that. Dude, I, I, I was at this, uh, I was at the Atlanta Botanical Gardens over the weekend, mm-hmm. and everyone else saw they had like, these, like, quotes about, like, nature up there, and one of the quotes was something like, the only truth uh, falls from the sky, sits on the dirt, and then becomes the food we harvest. And I was like, that man took a massive bong rip and then just said something, and somebody wrote it down. Because it was, like, the most generic shit I'd ever heard. Yeah, I'll never forget when I used to play, um, I was playing Call of Duty, was it Modern Warfare 2? Where every time you died, it showed you a quote, and it would be shit like Albert Einstein saying... A war is bad. And yeah. it was like, th- that was all fucking quotes. It took like, the smartest man of all time to figure out war is bad. <laughs> it was like, this is a mixed messages game. I'm over here trying to liberate the White House from the Russians, but you got Albert Einstein telling me war is bad, so which is it? So you know what? The Russians get to keep the White House. Yay! <laughs> Fuck it, man. I don't want that shit back. Yeah. I don't need it. What'd it do for me? God, the smart man said it's bad, so I'm gonna be good man now. 
I mean, I think the exact quote was, um, what was it? It says, it's like, a, I do not know what weapons will be used to fight World War Three, but World War Four will be fought with sticks and stones. Yeah. And it's like, all right, so nukes are bad. Cool. All right, I'm down with that. Why is it in this game that's all about shooting people and blowing up helicopters? Yeah. It's a little, little mixed bag. I've never played any Call of Duty games, so I guess I've, I've, I've missed the whole war is bad thing. And hell, in that same, I think it was Modern Warfare... Two as well, where uh, the main villain, or it was Modern Warfare One, where the main villain was an American general who caused all the shit to go down. Which one is it? Where you get to kill an entire uh, uh fucking what do you call the place? Airport full of uh innocent people. Modern Warfare One. Okay, cool. Or is it two? Shit. That sounds that sounds one. like a really cool thing to have in a video game. I mean, they were like, oh, yeah, the most controversial scene in all of video games. You're going to skip this shit if you are uh, yeah. if you got yourself a fucking problem with killing civilians and women and children. And can it's you like... imagine the modern Call of Duties having something that controversial? <laughs> no, because they're so fucking milk toast. They're like the most basic I... games ever now. That's true. They they used to actually, and this is a controversial thing to say, but they used to actually have uh, uh, thoughts that they were trying to convey to people. Yeah. And most of those, thought, those thoughts were legitimately war is bad. Sure, you're here you know, with this spectacle, but hey, this shit actually sucks. Yeah, it's true. And now, they're going to take the story out of the games. The games are just going to be multiplayer. And then, of course, they're going to have a battle royale mode, because everybody has to have that now, apparently. Nothing but zombies and battle royale mode. Sounds I Call like Duty, a winner. <laughs> Call of Duty lost me when they decided to bring on Oliver North. And I was like, you get the fuck out of here, Call of Duty. I'm done with you. Oh, this war criminal piece of shit. One of the most famous men to get away with murder. Oh my god. Don't even remind me. Shit was pissing me off so much. Um, Yeah, so video games, are they good or are they bad? We can never really know, can we? No, I have no idea. I play play them all the time and I still have no idea if they're good or not. What's the last video game you played? I've played Fortnite. That wasn't a multiplayer game or whatever. (laughs) Super Mario Odyssey. Okay. Yes. And then, How'd you like that one? It's a great game. It's one of the... It's probably in the top ten Mario games. Did you beat it yet? Yeah, I beat it. Beat it with my eyes closed, motherfucker. Okay. Yeah, stop asking me what I beat or not. Damn. I, don't come, I, 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 don't, I bought it for you, so... I don't come to where you suck dicks and tell you how to make burgers. <laughs> so... Shut up. Now hold on. If someone could suck dick and make burgers at the same time, that'd be an incredible skill. If somebody can suck dick and make burgers at the same time, unemployment would be solved. <laughs> Everyone would be working all the time. Well, first we gotta legalize sucking dick, and once we do that, we can get the we can get these factories rolling. That's true. That's very true. Before, but as long as sucking dick remains illegal, we just won't be able to have it, you know. Yeah. So legalize sucking dick, guys. Also, legalize sucking the clit, too. Get that in there. Yes. One big bill for all of them. Just one big sex... We'll call it the sucking and fucking bill. The <laughs> sucking and fucking bill. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be the most popular legislation of all time. <laughs> oh, my God. Just legalize... Just Not just not just legalize... Every, like yeah. Decriminalize. Like, legalize all the sex acts all at once. Yes. Just get them, get them all in there. I agree. And, we're, and we, you know what thing is? Here's here's a shitty thing though, Seth. They'll invent more sex positions once we're done. That's true. They'll always find something new. That's true. That's why you just gotta blanket legalize everything. 
Actually, that's that's my thing. Legalize everything. That well, full on. stop. How about what about murder though? If it was legal, people wouldn't do it. <laughs> it wouldn't be cool anymore. Exactly. Because that's the reason everyone murders because it's cool. <laughs> Murdering is awesome. What? <laughs> Can you imagine that? Cold steel in your hand, and you're just like taking somebody's soul. That's you crazy. Your, you're sharpening your machete to go hack apart your neighbor because he plays fucking music too loud at 3 a.m. And like, it's like Congress has just legalized murder, and you're like, well, shit. Who's this is the coolest cool person of all time? The Zodiac Charles Killer. Manson. Oh, nope. okay. The well. Zodiac Killer. Because not only did he have fun killing people, he had fun fucking with people. That's true. What a genius. Also, never got caught. Never got caught. Murder is also not fun when you get caught. Wouldn't it be great, though, if the Zodiac Killer actually did end up in prison for, like, robbing someone, but they we never figured out he was a Zodiac Killer? Oh, man. That'd be great. That'd be great. Also, no one in prison would believe him. Exactly. He'd be like, by the way, guys, I'm the Zodiac. And they're like, yeah, yeah, so is that guy down the hall and so is the other guy behind you. Shut the fuck up. We get it. You're all the Zodiac. <laughs> yeah, that would be, be a real twist of fate right there. Yeah. Oh, man. Well, uh... This was an episode. Yeah, this was an episode. We talked about the Brady Bunch for 50 minutes, and then we <laughs> mentioned some rappers, and now it's over. Uh, we, we could do an entire episode about the Brady Bunch, because we've we watched, can. what, two episodes? I've <laughs> watched it. less than one, so. <laughs> what we'll do is we'll just watch the movies. That's I have it. watched the second movie. I have done that. Dude, the first one is about them trying to save the local fucking mall. Yes, of that's what we need. A bastion of consumerism to be alive. And I'm like, listen, you know I hate capitalism as much as the next guy, but if the mall can't support being open, maybe the mall should be closed. Yeah. What is your letter writing campaign going to do for a fucking mall? I have no clue. I think it, I think it literally has like a, the community theater, but we're trying to save the mall and not the theater. Okay, yeah. interesting. All right, well, this has been the Illegals Podcast. I've been yep. Smith. I've been Seth. If you like the show, share it around, tweet it, uh, Reddit it, Spotify it, do whatever you got to do to get it out there. Uh, yeah. My Twitter is at Life of Seth. With some underscores, right? Yeah, and that's when you say yours. Uh, I'm uh, at MC Surf. And at SurfMC on Twitch, I believe. That's true. Haven't streamed in a while, but I'm going to get back yeah. to it. Got to get, um, get you on there at some point. Yes, that'll happen. Our art was made by Marcus Barkley. He, you'll never find out what he looks like or how tall he is, so don't worry about it. <laughs> if you wonder and, how tall he is, he's he's enough tall. Yeah. So, from New Orleans to New York, fuck the New England Patriots, and you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make it swim. Or you can't make it go under it. Whatever. And then, a quote from Ready Player One. Bye. <laughs>